Iowa everywhere. Mike Palm, Ken Miller, together on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome to The Hook, powered by Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. This is Iowa Everywhere. Again, everybody, and welcome to Iowa Everywhere. Mike Palm, Ken Miller with you uh, for the next oh, 20, 30 minutes, whatever it ends up being as we talk uh, sports betting and sports with you. It's a great time of year for my money. There's, It's not even close. October is head and shoulders above the ele- other 11 months as far as the sports calendar goes. Uh, college football's in conference play. NFL, you have a pretty good idea of who's starting to separate themselves a little bit. NHL is back. And oh, by the way, Major League Baseball playoffs are in full steam with the divisional playoffs. And we will talk about that today. More with my friend Mike Palm, the Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports as we head to Las Vegas. Mike, uh, good to see you again. How are you? Kenny, good. Great. You're right. Here we go. Four more games today. Friday and Saturday were awesome. And then Rob Manfred got lucky that we only had one game three on Sunday. They could isolate it against the Sunday night game. But another four games today, then it starts spacing out. But uh, it's just so terrific to, you know, here in Vegas, it's 10.05 when we got a first pitch in Atlanta. No, it really is. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, during the uh, during the next uh, few minutes as well. But I want to start with uh, back on Saturday night, because I know you were at Allegiant Stadium. You're a Notre Dame grad. Uh, BYU and Notre Dame were uh, played football in Las Vegas, neutral site game. There was a lot of BYU uh, buzz, a lot of steam on BYU. Notre Dame kind of trying to establish their identity uh, under their new head coach, Freeman. Uh, but boy, oh boy, uh, they uh, surprised. I think they surprised a lot of people, Mike, as, uh, as they were able to win that game. But we'll get into the game itself in a minute. You told me something I wasn't aware of. I was out there last year uh, with the Iowa State group when Iowa State played UNLV. Uh, I am aware that the that the Raiders have their own grass field that they move in and out, kind of like what they do in Phoenix uh, with 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 the Cardinals. But you told me that um, I guess it didn't dawn on me the game that I was there for UNLV and Iowa State. It was played on an artificial service, unlike what the Raiders play on. Yeah, on artificial service that's eight feet below where the natural grass is when the Raiders play. The Raiders grow their own grass. Cultivated, it's out in the, you know, it sits out in the, in the natural sunlight in the parking lot. They store it, water it. They let no one else play on it. So all college games are on turf. And when they wheel it in uh, from the end of the stadium, it's actually eight feet tall where the, the field actually ends up. So I was lucky enough to get to go to the game with Brent Musburger. He invited me. He has season tickets to the Raiders. And, of course, you had first option to buy for the, the Notre Dame game. And we got to go out. He actually took me out onto the field uh, right before the game started, about 45 minutes, saw so it. You know, the stadium was terrific, really comfortable, great sound. I would say it was close to 70-30, maybe, maybe, maybe 65-35 Notre Dame fans. But the BYU fans were terrific. They made a lot of noise. It was deafening for Notre Dame when they were down, either going into or trying to get off that end zone where all the BYU fans were. I'd uh, love to experience and I would have loved to experience with Brett Musburg. Let's spend a minute talking about him because he was – uh, from a national perspective, Mike, um, I mean, you may not see it differently than I do. Um, 
he was really one of the first that brought sports wagering. He didn't come right over the head and, you know, talk about the number on his Sunday or his Saturday night broadcast with him and Herb Street. But he talked about his friends in Las Vegas. And this this particular play uh, could have a, a, a lot to do or be very interesting to our friends in Las Vegas. He kind of brought sports betting uh, into these into college football, but did so from a guy that has Brent Musburger's, Musburger's uh, resume. You know, and, and, be, and before he was even in the booth, when he took over uh, the NFL Today on CBS in 1975. Jimmy the Greek. They brought Jimmy the Greek on, right? And mm-hmm. then when Costas was at NBC with their pregame show, when it was CBS and NBC that had football, then they brought in Pete Axtome, right? I mean, so, but they were really the first bringing the Greek in, talking about a point spread. And then as far as in the booth, I think he and Al Michaels have been the guys that subtly talked about and related the sport to to gambling. And, uh, you know, that that's where the phrase came from that that became the anchor show on Visa and my guys in the desert. He would talk about my guys in the desert think that they should be, you know, they're a 21 point favorite, meaning the bookmakers uh, in the preview of games. I mean, you go back and look at some of the Big 12 championship games and, 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 you know, and, and he would talk about the point spread on the opening, right, and, and, and analyzing the game. So, yeah, he really brought it to light. You know, both those guys, he and Michaels, are gamblers themselves. Yes, they are. <laughs> Indeed. So what's it like going to a game with Musburger? Do people leave him alone? Do they want to take pictures with him? I mean, this is one of the biggest names in sports broadcasting. Yeah, well, the great thing was, so he has access to the, the, the sweet holders lounge underneath where they have two buffet lines and bars open, right? It's all complimentary. So he really didn't, we didn't have to pick our spot when we would go to get food because we'd just go get our food and then he'd find a table of, with two people at a four top and say, you mind if we sit down? And they'd say, oh my God, you're Brent Musburger. All right. So it, we easily got a seat there. Of course, he always picked with a couple of Irish fans there. A little bit during the game though. I mean, a woman came up wanted to take a picture. It was fourth and goal at the two. Oh, geez. You know, can we, can we see the result of the play? And he, he told her, wait, just one moment. So the, you know, because everybody's standing up in a huge play in the second half. Um, but but he was very gracious. He must have taken 30 or 40 pictures with folks. Well, let's get into baseball, Mike. We both love it. I, I have to tip my cap to you. This time last week, we were talking about this both on radio uh, and uh, and here on Iowa Everywhere. You liked a lot of dogs in these series in particular, you liked the Padres, and I know Circa has a relationship with the Padres. And, you know, I thought, oh, maybe this is influencing him a little bit here. But you're right on. I mean, this Mets team, despite the fact that they rolled out Scherzer in game one and he got beat, DeGrom in game two, he extended it to game three. Uh, but Bassett just wasn't the answer. Uh, boy, Musgrove was. He was terrific. This Padres team now are going up against the Dodgers. Most people's pick to win this thing. Are they a live dog, do you think, Mike? Boy, the history is tough, you know, because the Dodgers have dominated them now for half a decade. It's not even close. I mean, they were what, 18 out of 20 at one point. And part of the reason that I like the Padres against the Mets was the Padres handled them in the regular season. I think that gives an underdog confidence uh, when they play well against a certain team. And, and, and I told you the only dog I couldn't make a case for uh, was actually uh, – Tampa Bay. So I laid off that series, but bet the other three dogs and they all won. And the Padres only won to lose a game in there. Um, I pulled the trigger on Philadelphia uh, when I saw the game one starter for the Cardinals. I, I, I thought they would start Wainwright and they end up not even using them in the series. Not really. That's an excuse. They were up two nothing with one out in the top of the ninth in the first right. game and blow that game. And he's has been so good all year. It's interesting. What do you do if you have a Padres ticket? And I was just on the phone with Mitch Moss that hosts 
uh, follow the money on Visa Network uh, with Paul Howard. He's got a $500 ticket on the Padres at nine to one to win the National League. But he's convinced mm. the Dodgers are going to win this series. And he's asking me, what's the right way to try to play this? You know, just, you know, what do you do if you bet the Dodgers to win the National League and then, you know, the, the Padres win, you're in a better spot to hedge later. But if the Dodgers win and lose to the Braves or the Phillies, you lose both tickets. It's tough. There's no clear hedge. You can't really bet the other three and make any money. So I told him I'd probably look at Dodgers uh, minus a game and a half here. So to win to win it in uh, in three or four, that's plus 125 right now. So at least you're still getting a plus price. And if you get to a game five, then you can, you know, then you can make another hedge there. I, I, it's interesting, the Dodgers, and I said this, what's their rotation going to be? You know they were going to use Urias, and you know they're going to use Kershaw. I think mm-hmm. Gonsolin, would he have been the game one starter if he'd have been completely healthy? I don't know. But the strange thing is here, they've announced Urias tonight, Kershaw tomorrow. Certainly, lefty, lefty. if the guys were healthy, wouldn't you have split up the two left-handers and gone lefty, righty, lefty, right? So that tells me we don't have a lot of health in the Dodgers rotation as you get into games three, four, and five. I couldn't bet the Dodgers in this spot. I guess you have to see the Padres beat them, especially if you've been a Padres fan and have gone through this over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a very interesting series. I don't think the Dodgers will dominate here. Well, I've got a whole bunch of uh, futures on the Padres. I also have the Dodgers. Um, who else do I have? I've got the Braves, and I've only got the Astros left in the uh, in the American League. But the Padres, by far, the team that uh, that I uh, identified and decided to back. But I backed them, Mike, thinking Fernando Tatis is going to be back around the All Star break, and we know that didn't work out. Yeah, just think if he would have kept his head on and done things the right way, they'd have had him. You, you bet them before the trade, obviously, the, the blockbuster trade, which I don't know that it's worked out that well for him. No, Although Bell was very big in the series against the Mets. Not necessarily Soto or Hader, but Bell uh, was very big. It's interesting because for these teams that won in the first round, game one, where you can't use your number one and two starters, you know, where do you go? I mean, the Padres have a guy that's been a successful pitcher. I don't know about current form, but at least you're throwing Clevenger. A guy with experience tonight. I think the Astros, I think they're up against it. with, But they get Logan Gilbert. I don't hate their spot. Uh, the Phillies get out to a nice lead for Ranger Suarez. You know, he's a five-inning guy, so it's going to be on their bullpen today uh, in, in that series. I like Cleveland of all the dogs here. I think the Guardians can beat the Yankees. They didn't have to use Quantrill in a game three. He's won 14 consecutive starts for them. I mean, if there's one series that that reads upset for me, I think it's Cleveland in this round. Yeah, Trent Condon and myself talked about that on a radio show on KXNO today. That we we felt the same way for a lot of the same reasons. And and I think and I like Aaron Boone, but I love Terry Francona. There's a significant edge, I think, in the manager in the managers in this series, don't you? I do. Uh, can Cleveland score enough runs? I trust the Indians, Indians, Guardians pitching more than I trust the Yankees pitching. Um, we'll see what Cole does tonight. To me, I will always remember Cole for losing to uh, Arietta in the wild card game, right? What was that, seven years ago, 2015, in the cold weather in Pittsburgh, two to nothing or whatever? It was, it was a great game. game. Yep. Great game. A great game. But, but uh, now Cole's your number one. Beyond Cole, who do you really trust? And can you trust Cole? Cole's a guy who's he's there or he's not. He gives up a lot of home run balls, and we've seen him this year give up four home runs plus and I think three starts. 
So it'll be interesting tonight. Obviously, must, I think the Yankees really have to win game one. It's very much more important for the Yankees than it is for Cleveland, and you got a shot with Quantrill. So finishing up our divisional series uh, discussion here, it, it sounds to me that you think Seattle's probably, because of the fact that, as you mentioned, they got to save Gilbert, who's had a terrific year uh, for, for game one here today. Uh, you think that the Astros, of the favorites going into this team, of the home teams, uh, the teams that got last weekend off, they're the most likely to move on? I think the Astros will be in the World Series. Yeah, I, I've always said that. I didn't think the American League was that much of an open race, and Seattle's playing great. I guess if you're going to say one player for this series, I think it's Robbie Ray. He's got to be better. Mm -hmm. Louis Castillo has answered the bell every time out here this year. In every big game, he's pitched well against the Yankees with the Reds, against the Yankees twice uh, with Seattle. And then the terrific performance in Toronto, shutting them down in game one. Um, but they got to have a big effort out of Robbie Ray, which I assume he'll be in game three, the first game back in Seattle. So they can salvage a split in Houston if Castillo can somehow win the second game because, you know, you run into Verlander tonight and then you run into Framber Valdez who has like 8 million consecutive quality right. starts. I mean, where do you turn to against this Astros team? I just, to me, they're the best team in baseball, the most well-rounded team. Yeah, I've got, uh, I think you were the one that talked me into it. I bet a, uh, an American League Cy Young on Valdez and I got him like at 100 to 1 or 125. He's not going to win it. I also have Dylan Cease, and he's not going to win it. But Verlander getting back, I mean, he's he's home free, is he not? Yeah, well, I don't think it's close. I, I, have, I bet Framber before the season at 100-1. to 1. With two weeks to go, he was 600-1 to 1 in some markets that were listing a bunch of pitchers. And all he'd done was throw so well all year. But how do you argue with Verlander's numbers? I just don't think you can. So I'm going to end up blowing that ticket. I, I hope to God Alcantara wins in the National League because I made a big, big bet on him. Uh early in June when he was still six to one uh, that that will make me good for all my baseball bets all year. So nice. I'll, I'll be sick if he doesn't win the national league. So let's remind uh, some of the audience here, the folks that are watching us in Iowa, this has just changed recently as of July, the first of this year, uh, us sports betters in the state of Iowa, we can now bet on um, futures like who's going to win the Cy Young, who's going to be the MVP of the, uh, the NFL MVP, those type of awards. Uh, have you seen um, much interest in this? Have, have uh, you written many tickets at, at Circa on we, some of these type of bets, Mike? We did. We wrote some Cy Young. We wrote some NFL MVP. Yep. Uh, NFL Rookies of the Year offensive and defensive tickets. Uh, you'll get some of it in basketball, too. You know, people that don't aren't every night NBA betters still dabble a little bit in MVP betting. Take, take some long shots and some long futures on teams to give yourself a sweat. It's hard to watch the NBA night in and night out. It's my perspective. And I think a lot of people feel that way, especially in this era of load management. You don't know who's playing from one game to the next. Yeah. I asked you on the, on the radio last Friday, uh, just as we were wrapping up, because you know, I love to bet future. Mike, give me a team that I can watch. On. Your response was it's similar to mine in condoms. Well, I really don't get into it until April, May. That's true. I don't really get into it until you've got about 30 games left in the regular season. And you start starting to figure out the seeds and who has a chance to move up and maybe where there's some value where a team can pick up a home court advantage where you don't think they were going to have one and, and you can bet them in the, to win at least their conference, something like that. But I'm not a big NBA better. It's just so hard to watch mm -hmm. an NBA game when you're up, you know, 21 in the second quarter. And that doesn't mean you're going to win the game. I mean, right. 
Yeah, I see that seemingly every yeah. single night. Well, I know you're a hockey guy, and uh, the reason I bring up hockey is because the puck is dropping on another season. I don't want to linger on it, but I do want to pick your brain on it a little bit. I just came from Wells Fargo Arena where I watched the Minnesota Wild. They were practicing here in Des Moines. Of course, the uh, the AHL team is headquartered here, the Iowa Wild. It was good to see the, uh, uh, the big club on the ice. That Central Division is going to be so difficult. I think the Pacific Division is better this year. The Atlantic with both of the Florida teams. The Leafs reside there. I haven't even mentioned Washington and Pittsburgh and the other division. Um, do you like anybody this year? What about the Golden Knights after a kind of a, a, a down year as far as their uh, their history? They don't have a great uh, long history, but they've been good since they've entered the league. Your thoughts on the Golden Knights, your thoughts on the NHL? Who do you like this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be a while for the Golden Knights to get back to where they were the first few years of the franchise. They, you know, they've, they've they made some trades to get some bigger name players. Uh, you know, they started off with an outcast and a youth movement, and they sort of went away with that and tried to cash in. Uh, to, to get a cup, and it didn't really work out. Uh, they have troubles with the cap. Um, I don't know if they're a playoff team, um, and I don't know if they're a playoff team for a couple of years. Mm. I think it's, it's going to be a rebuilding process uh, for them. Uh, it has to, when, you, when you're looking at it, don't you have to start with Colorado again, obviously? Yep. I mean, they were so, so good and so dominant and have so much talent and, and offensive firepower. I think it starts there uh, and then you decide on whether you think they can repeat and it's awfully hard uh, to repeat, but then looking at the West, you know, I have a few sharp guys. I know like the blues a little bit mm. uh, this year uh, at, at a price. Uh, if you don't like the blues about the only other option you have in that division is the oh, wild. That division. Yeah. The wild that division is the wild, yeah. right? Those, this really a, a three team race, I think. Uh, with the Wild, the Blues, uh, and the Avalanche. The Pacific is very interesting because you had that unbelievable high-scoring series between the Oilers and the Flames. The Flames decided to just tear it down, you know, and, and, and rebuild the whole thing. Did the Oilers make enough progress last year to continue their momentum? Um, I think it's a two-team a two race uh, between the Oilers and the Flames for that division. I... I, I Kings showed signs early uh, of having some, but again, are you going to get enough goal scoring from the Kings? That's been their, their story for the last four or five years um, with that. So I, I think, again, I would say that the Western winner will probably come out of the Central and probably be the Avalanche, but I would actually think maybe the Wild are the second best team in the Western Conference. Game. I, th I think they've got a chance. Uh, I loved what Calgary did. They had to give up Kachuk, but they bring in Mackenzie Wager and Jonathan Huberdeau, and that wasn't bad, and they both signed those guys. I'll tell you what I did at Circus Sports, Mike. I'm tired of... Um, Every year, I'd throw my I'd throw fifty bucks on my team, I'd the Winnipeg Jets. I have there's no way in my lifetime they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I know that, but I can't help myself. But you guys at Circa have the have the uh, will they or won't they? Yes, no, mm -hmm. make the playoffs. And the Jets are actually plus two hundred, two to one to make the playoffs. So for the first time in a long time, I made my bet, thinking you know what, I got a chance to cash this. I know there's not going to be a parade in Winnipeg, but they could make the playoffs. They could. You know, their best team was probably the uh, Knights opening year. For sure it was. Knights, I mean, I didn't think that the Knights could beat them in the Western Conference Final. Beat them in they, five. They got to game one, and, you know, your Jets just absolutely 
blitzkrieged them, and they didn't look like they belonged on the ice, and somehow they win the next four games and get to the final. It was unbelievable to me <laughs> because I thought the Jets were absolutely going to be in the final that year and probably would have given the Capitals a better final uh, uh, than the Knights did. Uh, I, you know, I'm very high on Gerard Gallant. I thought he was terrific. I couldn't believe that we let him go here in Las Vegas. Um, he's gone to New York and built a team. He might have a, a kid that'll be the best goaltender for a while in the league. And she's working. Yeah. Uh, I, I like them to come out of the East this year. I Do like you? the Rangers a lot. And, and, you know, I had a ticket on them uh, to win the cup last year at 26 to one and was able to make money off it in the playoffs. Uh, got a little bit scared there when Pittsburgh had the three, two lead on them, but they got through. Uh, and, and play the Tampa Bay tough tooth and nails in that, in that Eastern conference finals, Tampa Bay, it's hard to hang on and keep hanging on. They give them credit. I think John Cooper's a great coach. Uh, Vasilevsky is a top three, top four, top five goaltender and has been, uh, for the last five, six, seven years, they'll be tough, but I think this is the Rangers year to come out of the East. Interesting. Let's get to football. It is football season. After all, you guys are the first at Circa Sports. One o'clock central time. Circa puts their lines up. One o'clock central Pacific. One central, right? One central. It's 11 o'clock yeah. our time. Yeah. So the, you, you get your first opportunity to, to see the college football lines for the upcoming week at, at Circa. And of course, you can download the app here uh, in the state of Iowa. And if there's a line that you think is off, if uh, if there's something you like, whether it be for uh, you, you want the points, you want to give the points, that's not enough uh, type of thing. You can jump on that right away. There's been some significant movement, including a game that moves our needle here. Iowa State uh, opened as a 13-point dog to Quinn Ewers in Texas. Texas coming off that impressive 49. I mean, just bludgeoned Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown. Uh, that number, last time I checked, has gone up four points. was a pretty significant bump. Texas favored 17 last time I looked after opening up at 13. What's going on there, Mike? Well, it went from 13 to 15 and a half quick. It just flew through the 14. Um, we talked about the two Iowa teams last week. I mean, the combined scores of both games was under the Iowa total. Think about that. I mean, 9-6 and 10-9. Yeah. Amazing. It's ludicrous. 34 points. It's hard to watch. Um, yeah. And so people are going to ask, how's Iowa State going to score enough to keep pace with Texas? Texas is impressive with the, the quarterback back. I thought it was a coming out party, what they did against West Virginia, where they basically, uh, after they punted the first time, scored the next five, next five possessions, touchdowns. And then they absolutely destroyed Oklahoma. That 49 nothing, and it wasn't that close, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're impressed on the defense there that they kept Gabriel really in check and Oklahoma couldn't get anything going. Texas looks real good right now. Huge momentum win for Sarkeesian down there with what they did in that Red Rebel rivalry. They'll still have a say here who's in the big wins, the Big 12. Iowa State now grasping at trying to get to six wins like Iowa will be to yep. get to a bowl game. I agree with the movement. I think this game could get ugly and get ugly early. Yeah, I'm not so sure there's a bowl team in the state of Iowa, and that pains me to say that because as much as I love college basketball, I want to talk about one of the local teams right, uh, right through the holiday. Let's go to the Big Ten West for a second. Um, I mean, somebody's going to win. I'm just not sure who. I can't. I mean, Rutgers should have been up 28 nothing on Friday night. Nebraska beats them 14 to 13, uh, and I think it was they. Uh, Rutgers was up 13 zip at the half. Clearly, should have been up by at least two touchdowns. They left on the field. Who do you like in the West now? Is Wisconsin starting to come alive with Gray and Mertz? There's a lot of Nebraska love. I don't get it. Get about Nebraska, Kitty. Enough with this nonsense with Nebraska. I'm with you. 
Somebody's going to win. Who's it going to be? Three-point favorite at Rutgers, and they look like they should have been an eight-point dog. Uh, Purdue becomes interesting. Mm, with O'Connell? Well, look, they win at Minnesota, and then they back it up by winning at Maryland. It's the first time I think they've won two consecutive road games since Bob Greasy was there. I, I'm being facetious, but right. it's been a long time. And it's you know what? Maryland's not bad. No, they're not. Shame they blew that game to Penn State, or they'd be 3-0 and in the league, you know? They had that game. They could have beaten Penn State in that early first Friday of the year, whatever they played. Uh, so Purdue has suddenly become interesting. I still think Minnesota, they missed Ibrahim a lot in that game. Oh. It really threw off. Fleck panicked in that game and then this because he didn't have Ibrahim. Remember, they came back and tied the game at 10. I thought they were starting to get control of the game and lost it. I would still ride. I, I have that plus 420 bet on Minnesota to win the West. I'm going to let that ride for a while. I, I I think I think they can get it done. I, I I would always keep fading Nebraska. I don't believe in Nebraska. At Nor all. do I. They lost to Northwestern. Think about that. Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois, Western Illinois, Eastern Illinois. Balls. I mean, at home, all those games at home. Yeah, hard to do. Um, who's the fourth best team in college football? Uh, assuming you believe, and I know you will. Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State in some order. Who's number four for you, Mike Palm? And who's the best team in Los Angeles? Well, it's interesting because this is only the second time in history, Kenny, that we have a Saturday where three teams that are 5-0 and or better meet. Amazing. So it's a real good college card again. It is. And it's spaced out well. Uh, Penn State, Michigan to kick it off. We'll see how good Penn State is, and they got to go to the big house there. I think Tennessee can beat Alabama. I'm, I'm all, that was my young- play of the week last week, Tennessee at LSU. Thoroughly dominated that game. Alabama, what's missing with Alabama? Something's missing with Alabama. Secondary. I think it's the secondary. How about the play call by Jimbo on fourth and ball game there? One play for the game, you throw it out to the three-yard line from the two? No. Sickening. Can't even put it in the end zone. But anyhow, I think Ohio State's the best team, by the way. I would rank Ohio State number one. Um, Who's the fourth best team? Well, what are our candidates? USC, Mm -hmm. Clemson, Mm -hmm. Michigan. Right. Uh, I think those are the three leading candidates, right? I think so. Oklahoma State, maybe when it gets to, to the end. I, I mean, the second last weekend of college football, UCLA, will they be unbeaten? They're a good story. I don't know that you play anybody. Well, they'll get Texas, I guess. So who, who you play in the Big 12 that's really, you can say, you hold that win up. You know what I mean? Because there, mm-hmm. it's, there's, there's like... Eight through 15, they got four teams, right? They're all on kind of the, the, the very next tier. I'm not convinced in, of Clemson. Um, hard to say. Uh, we'll see what USC is all about when they have to go to Rice-Eccles. That's a tremendously tough place to play. Michigan hasn't played anybody, uh, so I can't put them there. Nope. I'd say USC, and then we'll see on, on, on Saturday night. That game, if they if they win at Rice Eccles, suddenly the game in the Rose Bowl between USC and UCLA becomes for a playoff spot. Think it'll fill up? <laughs> you think, you'd hope. With USC fans. Yeah, really. Have you <laughs> been to the Rose Bowl? I was at the Alabama uh, Texas National Championship game. Oh, my. In 2009. Yeah, around uh, At the Rose Bowl. That's the only time I've ever gone. Never went out when Iowa went, or, but, you know, obviously growing up in the Midwest, that's it. It does hold a sacred place. I know everybody criticizes. Oh, they don't want to move the Rose Bowl off. The Rose Bowl needs to get out of the way. I mean, even if your team wasn't in it, you had a, a party to watch the Rose Bowl to cheer for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You always <laughs> pulled for the Big Ten. There was no you're against 
oh, we're at Iowa, so we don't want Wisconsin. We're pulling for Barry Alvarez. We're pulling for Bo Schembechler. We're pulling for Drew Brees. You know what I mean? We, we were always pulling for the Big Ten to go out there and win. I'm with you. Growing up in Canada, we watched one college football game a year, and it was the Rose Bowl uh, and the whole family. Um, we didn't get a lot of college football up there back in the yeah. 60s, but the Rose Bowl was it. Let's talk about the NFL. And boy, there's a massive game coming up, but let's look back before we look forward. How was it? Uh, did the did the betters get circa this weekend in the NFL? Oh, no, Kenny. I don't know. I got to go back and look. It might have been our best weekend ever. Wow. Uh, it was incredible. But I, I told Derek when I woke up Sunday morning and I looked at our needs, this could be a big day for us. They bet the Washington commanders like they had tomorrow's newspaper. I don't get it. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. They closed the favorite with us. Did I mean, they? I've never seen anything like that kind of movement in a game where it was just all one-sided on a game that had two-way action up to that. From Saturday night till kickoff, it was all wince, 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 wince. And I loved being on the other side. They, they, they were in love with the Vikings, 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 Vikings. Mm -hmm. Bears look like they're out of it 21-3, to almost win the game. Come, come back in that spot. That was a huge decision for us. People on the Rams, a lot of late money on the Rams. Cowboys win the game outright. I mean, people bet the Eagles. They don't cover against the Cardinals. There were very few games that they, they bet San Diego or Los Angeles, the Chargers. Cleveland covers two and a half. Some pushes there because the game two, some places. But at two and a half, they took Cleveland, right? So what about um, Green Bay and the Giants early morning, people betting on Saturday night? I'm, I'm assuming you needed you needed the Giants? We, we did. We win the first half. They bet more on Green Bay in the second half than they did uh, in the game. People we waking up. And then it knocked out It knocked out all the money line parlays and all the teasers to start out. You know people don't want to get up for that game. So if there's a favorite, they tease or put that in all their money line parlays. You know, remember, it's 630 out here. Yep. So when that game kicks. So that started the day off. You know, we were up a quarter million already. And then last night... Uh, Monday night watching uh, the Raiders. Uh, they didn't win the game. They certainly covered in the football game. So the favorite, uh, I I'm guessing that was a good result as well. It's okay, but we needed the game under. Oh, did and you? The over, the over helped the betters uh, get back. But, yeah, there were more Chiefs, obviously more Chiefs. And, and a lot of Kansas City people, actually. The book was pretty well split in stadium swim. It was a good mix of black and red. Uh, last night outside. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, because I would have thought that the, with the Raiders on the road, that the you know it would have been all Raider gear. There's a lot of Mahomes is a little bit not to quite the extent of a Steph Curry though, where he okay. appeals to a lot of people, right? So people have become Chiefs fans over the last four or five years. It's so another it's, team that's sort of becoming a national brand, like we talked interesting. about. Interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. So he's the he's the face. I mean, I think he's the face of the, but he's the face across the country in sports books too. That you're seeing a lot of Chiefs stuff. Right. I mean, you know, there's Brady is for a few, but I mean, you know, he's on in years now. And then yep, yep. with this talk of divorce, he'll lose a lot of Catholic fans, I'm sure. So yeah, Mahomes rising up. Well, let's go. Geographically, too, Kenny, Kansas City sits there geographically, you know, where like your people in Iowa, the Western mm -hmm. Iowa, Missouri. Now they don't have the, the Rams anymore. You appeal to Nebraska. You appeal to all that. They have a, a great geographical area there a wide geographical area that they can draw fans from until you get west enough where it starts to become Denver. Right. No, and this is why we love to, to talk sports to where we're at, because we've got four regional teams. We're three hours 
Well, Chicago's a little bit further, but you get the drift. For the most part, we're pretty well, on our side of the state. It's Chicago, right? In eastern yeah, northeast Iowa. All and Chicago. the Packers. Let's get to this week, Mike. It is uh, as big a game as we're going to see, maybe in the regular season. We think we're going to see it again, and we saw it last year in the playoffs, and uh, the Chiefs won the coin flip. Um, it's it's the Bills and the Chiefs. It's three uh, 325. It's the national window. I have to assume that it's going to be your biggest decision, whichever way it falls uh, on Sunday in the NFL. Bills and Chiefs, what do you expect to see? What's the number at now when it was posted? What's been done since? Yeah, let me take a look for you, Kenny, because I was just on the app to see if there's been any movement. I thought you were talking about Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday That's night. That's pretty that, big, too. That yeah. might be, as a standalone game, might be the biggest decision. And a very compelling game. Rivalry mm-hmm. game in division and 5-0, and 4-1. and one. Can Cooper, mm-hmm. Cooper Rush 5-0 and oh as a starter? There's a lot of great storylines there. Jalen Hurts, I think that'll be – those two games, obviously, will be the uh, most heavily bet without, without doubt. So when you look for that number, do you buy the Cowboys? Are you are you on the Cowboys? I think that Cooper Rush makes McCarthy and his offensive staff better coaches mm. because they know what he can do and they know what he can't do. And so they manage the game. You know, you got Dak, you just call from the, you know, call from the the uh, Cheesecake Factory playbook any play you want anytime and think it's going to get done and go for it, go for it and all. They actually manage the game with this kid. And I think it helps the team. Now, when Dak's healthy, they're going to give him the ball back. I mean, I know people said, well, Cooper, they have to. He's, yeah. he's your player. He's your franchise player. He's your quarterback. He's the guy that you paid. And so, you know, it, it's his. Now, he'll have to perform because we know that Cooper Rush has performed admirably in his, ass, in his absence. Uh, so, all right, let's see where we're at here. I don't think the number has moved much. Uh, on either of these games, actually. Yeah, we're still at a flat three, although um, Chiefs plus three is now minus 115. So if there's going to be movement, maybe it's down to two and a half here. But boy, the Bills, they lose the game in Miami. They dominated every statistical category, right? Mm -hmm. I thought the much more impressive performance is down 20 to three at Baltimore in a rainstorm. They got the touchdown before the half. They kept chipping away. They didn't get desperate. They didn't really have explosive offensive plays, but really limited Lamar, and and then were able to go on that drive at the end of the game to win it. That's really an impressive win for them. Uh, And then you get a little bit of doubt with the Chiefs in uh, coming back from 17 down. So Chiefs plus three, minus 115. So shaded, it's coming down, if anything, and then no movement at all on Eagles-Cowboys. It opened five, minus 110, and we're still there. Well, we, we shall see. Let me ask you one more on the NFL. Uh, the And it's been a pattern that whoever loses the Super Bowl does not have a good year following up. The Bengals lost the Super Bowl this year. They are, what, two and three now going into the uh, take on New Orleans. I don't think they're that far away, Mike. I, I'm starting to look at this Bengals team and think, you know, if there is somebody that their their prices, and I have to assume now they're probably 15, 18 to one, somewhere in that neighborhood to win it all. Um, where are you on the Bengals? Am I throwing my money away if I was to bet a future on the Bengals? Well, let's look it up. Let's see what the price is here, Kenny, because we know it, right? It's it's easily findable. Look, at I thought they should have won the game in Baltimore. Um, you do. What was that play calling on the goal line? It was ridiculous. You run four finesse plays? I, I saw the same play. I saw the same play in the Iowa game when Iowa was finally inside the red zone. They tried to run. They, they ran the same play the day before. 
uh, in Champaign, and it worked out just as he, uh, just as poorly as it did uh, in the Cincinnati game. Uh, they're twenty-five to one to win it. Are they that big? Yeah, twenty-five to one. Lay lay forty-two hundred if you think no on them. Uh, I like them going into play New Orleans. Something's wrong with New Orleans. I told everybody to play New Orleans and Survivor, and it got there, but it was ugly. Mm-hmm. It was ugly against against uh, the Seahawks. Well, uh, when you put out your alternate lines prior to the season starting, I told you this. I the the Saints were one of those teams that I moved to nine and a half. I have no chance of cats in that ticket. No, you have none. None. Zero. Yep. Zero. The Falcons may be better than that. They may be better than the Saints. My, yeah. Look, they were right there with Tampa Bay. They they hung in there. The de- the defense played well enough. And then if they don't get that roughing the passer call, they have a shot. But mm-hmm. uh, um, no, I think the Bengals aren't far away. They're they're not far away at all. But a huge swing game losing to Baltimore there to be two and three, and then the heads up tiebreakers as we get into the division and and into wild card seedings. I thought they they could have had that game. One other note from that game. Uh, this is the thought I had as the game ended. Don't you think that Justin Tucker ought to get some MVP votes? Yes. Is there a guy that has more effect on a game than he does for Baltimore? I don't know. Is there any doubt in your mind he's going to make that nope. kick? I mean, they get it to 45 yards, and it's just like, okay, we're done. Yep. Let's run it down. There's no thought of let's get 10 more yards there. And he hits it exactly down the middle. Uh, and, and he's been doing it since, uh, I think, when he broke Denver's heart when uh, Denver and Baltimore played – uh, in that AFC champ, what was he about 2014 season, 2015 he breaks into the league, split the sticks. And he's been, uh, he's been clutch ever since. Unbelievable. Mike, uh, that's it uh, for another edition of the hook here on Iowa everywhere. We appreciate it. We'll see you on uh, Mediacom with Trent and I, we'll talk to you on the radio on Des Moines sports station, 106.3 KXNO. But right now this is the hook. We appreciate you watching Mike Palm. Have a good week in Las Vegas and circus sports. And if you haven't been, And if you're headed to Vegas, well, we certainly encourage you to stay there because you'll be glad that you took our advice. Uh, But if you uh, have other arrangements anywhere, make get in an Uber, get in a cab, go spend some time in the world's biggest sports book. You'll be glad you did, won't they? Right. Iowa everywhere.